Especially to those of you who are in the choir, and I especially remember those who are serving uh, overseas, our global workers who are serving all over the world, even as that song went forth uh, this morning, recognizing that our desire is to see uh, the nature and the love of God spread around the world. And so I'm thankful that even on this Mother's Day, that there are mothers serving all over the world, uh, helping to spread the good news of the gospel. So today we honor uh, our mothers. Uh, for those of you like me who've lost your mother, or your mother is no longer here, or even for mothers who have lost uh, their children, I want to encourage you today to remember uh, those years that you were able to spend uh, with your loved one. Uh, don't, don't allow yourself to be cast down into despair, uh, but to have a hope and a faith that in Christ we will see them again on the other side. And so today, even those of us who don't have mothers anymore on this side, we can also still be in joy and have joy in our hearts knowing that we will see them again. Uh, mothers uh, have a tough job in this world that we live in uh, today. It, by the way, is there anyone who got here uh, by some other means than a mother? I mean, I'm, I'm just asking. I want to make sure we, we get that out of the way right now. That's, so everyone here that I know uh, has a mother to thank for their very being, for their very presence. And I, and I know uh, I love my mother so dearly, and she's no longer here, but I have such such fond memories. I can also, though, remember times when my mother told me to do something or not to do something, and I did it or didn't do it uh, regardless. Anyone else can identify with that? Yeah, yeah, I see you over there saying not you. Of course not you. Uh, but, but we all know what it's like to, uh, to, to be disobedient at times and to, to go in a different direction than, than our mothers have, have given us the, the sure directive to go into. And Jesus knows what that's like. He knows what it's like to have those of us who say that we love him dearly, uh, who, who sing uh, great songs to him, who, who read great scripture about him, but yet sometimes we find ourselves in obedience to him and to his word. And so Jesus comes along in a great passage like, uh, like uh, John, and he says these, these words in John 14, 15. Um, if you love me, if you love me, he says, you will keep my commandments. John 14, 15, Jesus says this to his followers, to those who are apprenticed to him, to those of us uh, who are here, he says the same thing. If you love me, and there's no guarantee that we really do, but if we do, he says, you will keep my commandments. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Now, learning the Ten Commandments uh, was a part of the life of every uh, Jewish, uh, especially young man, during Jesus' time when he walked the earth. They studied the scriptures. They were steeped in the Word of God. Actually, even for thousands of years before Jesus even showed up on the scene, uh, the Jewish law was taught. It, 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 was, it was ingrained in the hearts of everyone there. And, and even when Jesus came along, he was the one who was there in the beginning uh, when the very foundations of the world were laid. He was also there uh, when those Ten Commandments were given out uh, to Moses and to the people at that time. And yet Jesus comes along and he says to his disciples at one point, listen, he says this, a new commandment I give to you. He's not saying that the old commandments are gone. He's saying, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you, so also are you to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love one for another. Let's read that together. Let's say it together. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you lo have love for one another. 
It's found in John 13, 34 to 35. And so today we're in our third week of our series called uh, Understanding Our Assignment. And so today we're talking about what it means uh, to embrace unity, to embrace unity. And I want to tell you today, our primary assignment as believers in Jesus is to embrace unity and to then to take and demonstrate that unity and that love uh, to those that are in the world. That's our primary assignment. Our primary assignment is for us who know Christ uh, to, to embrace the unity that comes from only those who can really know Christ and then to take that love and to demonstrate that love. In fact, that power, that almost impossible love to demonstrate that love and unity to the world. That's his word to us. And if we love him, we'll keep his commandment to do so. And so it's not a suggestion. It's not a polite, uh, optional way of doing things. There were times when my mom told me to do things and I thought, ah, you know, that might be nice, but I might have a better way of accomplishing that. And, and it never really worked out well. And so we know that Jesus wants us to be his people who embrace unity fully and then take that unity and love and demonstrate it to the world uh, that we live in. If Jesus really is the son of God, and I believe that he is, if we, if we know that he's sent from the Father, and if we are his followers, if we're those who are filled with the Spirit, then I believe that it's high time for us to demonstrate uh, that love and that unity of God across all the lines that would divide us, all the, the racial lines, all the, the generational lines that would uh, divide us, all the socioeconomic lines that would divide us, and even the political lines, believe it or not, even the power of Jesus is able to come within us and allow us to demonstrate the love of God so we can bridge that gap between those in the world who are divided. If the church is really the church, if it's really going to be the church, and if it has not the power of God to live and to walk out and live in unity, then it ought to stop bearing the name of Jesus Christ. That's just my belief. It doesn't say that in scripture, but I still believe that our primary assignment, our primary responsibility is for those of us who are in Christ to embrace unity and to demonstrate that unity uh, to the world. Uh, The most clear and visible evidence that God is at work in our lives is that we have embraced unity, loving one another across whatever lines that try to divide us. Now, let me ask you a question this morning, and I I want you to go ahead and answer out if you want to. Uh, Of all the lines that divide us in the world today, what would you say are the primary lines of division that our world deals with today? You can say out loud. I know I have the microphone. What? Money is one of those primary lines. What's some of the other things? The primary ways that we're divided in our world today right now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you notice there are so many things that rise close to the top. But as I look around this community of faith, as I look and I saw the beautiful choir singing today, uh, what struck me and what strikes me is how God has caused this body of Christ, this this particular expression of the church, uh, to to do well along one line of division that that the whole world struggles with and deals with, and that's the line of race. As I, as I look up in the choir today, it, it amazes me as I saw uh, people not alone, not only uh, spanning the, the realm uh, racially, but I saw generation as I looked up and I saw Kendra singing. I think Kendra is about 20 years old, if I'm not mistaken. And then, then I saw uh, her next to Barb, who's 30. And you see the difference in, the, in just the unity and the generational gap there that how God is still able to demonstrate uh, his power. And, and only Jesus can cause us to have that unity. You look up and you see Cindy Candelaria and her beautiful Puerto Rican voice uh, declaring the love of God. And yet you see those who are also black and white and male and female lifting up their voices and their hearts to declare that our God is the risen God. Let me tell you one thing. The reason I'm at College Hill Presbyterian Church, the reason I smile despite the hardships is because I look out when I come and gather in this place and I see the love of God demonstrated here in our church. 
Oh, we say it well, and I think we have it on the screen somewhere. We exist to honor God by growing a diverse community of Jesus followers. We exist to honor God uh, by growing a diverse community of Jesus followers. But I'm telling you, it's not just what we say. It's not just some, some little visionary mantra that we place on the wall that we want to elevate to one day. But no, even now at the place we are now, we exist who we are as a people of God who, who honors God by growing a diverse community of Jesus followers. And I'm grateful for that here at College Show Presbyterian Church. I'm grateful uh, that, that white men and black men and Asian men and, and Latina, Latinas, that we can gather in a space and honor God no matter our generation, no matter our background, no matter our social economic situation, no matter what side of the tracks we grew up on that we live in now, no matter if we're Southern like Drew and we have that twang every now and again, or you're Northern like me, we can honor God who we are. And so that's the beauty of who we are as a church. Would you agree with that this morning? Now, before you get too happy, before you get too happy with that, I I didn't say that we've got it all together. Now, I didn't say that we live that out perfectly. I I didn't say that we've attained uh, to some state where now we're at some 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 high spot of, of where we live out diversity and it's just oh so well and the harps are playing. No, the fact of the matter is we haven't attained, we haven't arrived. And like Paul, though, I believe that even though we're not there, in spite of the troubles that I deal with, in spite of the difficulties along so many different lines that I'm sure you deal with, yet and still, we continue on to press on toward the mark. We continue to move on and to move ahead towards that which Christ has called us to. We exist, people, to honor God by growing a diverse community of Jesus followers. And let me tell you one thing. It's the one thing the world can't do. Oh, yeah, they, they can talk about uh, Black History Month and Latina History Month, and they can, they, they can put together plans and strategies and bring in uh, great facilitators who will try to, to talk us into some state of, of oneness. But only in Christ can we have what we have here in this body today. Only in Christ can we find true community, true love, and true unity. And I encourage you to embrace that today. But don't just embrace that unity. Go out of these doors and demonstrate that love and that unity to the world uh, that we live in. Jesus said it. Uh, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. And by this... What kind of people? All people will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. Now, uh, today, I want to encourage you and let you know that we have to fight for unity. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it just doesn't come. You, you have to fight uh, for unity. Can, can I tell you something? And make sure you don't tell anyone else. Can I, can I tell you something? Okay. I, I'm, I'm not sure I want to go here. And I hope you don't. But I'm, I'm going to just go ahead and say it anyway. Because I think one, one of the most clear lines of division that we have in our world and our country is along the lines of race. And, and, and ironically, it's along the lines of black and white. Can I, can I just tell you that that's, that's a big problem in our world today? And, and let me tell you, it's not only a big problem in our world today, but it's a problem in our church also. Okay, so, so listen, I, I love our unity. I love our diversity. But I can tell you, uh, if, if, let me, I'll just speak to, to those who are my people, black people today, just who look like me. Uh, if you're black here today, I want you to know that, that there, there are times in this church when someone who doesn't look like you is going to say something that's racist and they're going to do something uh, that's racist. Now, now, let me talk to my people who don't look like me, who are white people. Guys, I just want you to know, if you're a part of this church, this, this great church, there are going to be people who don't look like you, black people, in fact, who are going to say things that are racist, that are going to do things that are racist, and, and it's going to hurt you. 
It's just the way it is. See, see, in this world, we just simply have trouble. We, we are shaped by our upbringing. We are shaped by our parents, by the books that we read. We are shaped by our coworkers, our friends, our parents. But yet and still, I believe that if we come together in Jesus and we recognize that we have a new family, that we have a new system of friendship and we have new relationships and we live out of the truth of what those are, then we can reflect our true unity and love to the world that we live in. And and I I want to say it to you and make it real clear. Just because you have a racist thought, say a racist thing and do a racist thing, doesn't necessarily mean that you are racist. I want you to make that that a clear thing because if we don't come with who we truly are, with our baggage and all that we are and come to one another and say, this is just what I think and I'm not sure if it's right or wrong, but this is just who I am. And if we still can't love one another, even in the midst of our mess, then we have no business naming the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus said it best that, If you love me, keep my commandments. Love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Now, I can tell you, uh, I've been in churches uh, years, most of the years of my life, and, I, and I've been out in the marketplace, and, and, and I've sat in those rooms where, where we sit in a circle, and, 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 and our whole goal is to try to get this thing that we call racial reconciliation. And we sit in a room and what we really are trying to do is we, 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 we who, who are people of color, we, we really want people who are not of color to, to have a kumbaya weeping moment and, and to feel guilty about the sins of, of their forefathers. Way too often, that's just how it goes. And so we think somehow that, that if we create a situation of, of blame and shame, that somehow we'll get to a state of unity. Uh, sometimes I sit in a room and even here at our church where we have a great system called Undivided and I, and I sit and I hear a people don't look like me saying, ah, oh, that's just a thing of the past. That, that, that systematic structural way of, of, of bias thinking around, right? That's just not, not really relevant, relevant today. And it's easy again to shift the blame and the shame on something else or someone else. But I want us to know that there's only hope in Jesus. And the best thing that we have going for us here at College Hill Presbyterian Church, I, I don't know if anyone else agrees with me, but I think the best thing we have going for us is our unity and our diversity here. Not perfect unity, but the unity and diversity that we have here. And if we showed that unity and that diversity to the world, I think they would stand back and marvel because it's the very one thing that they can't do by themselves. They can't stand up next to one another without not just having unsure, fearful, bad thoughts, but deep inside their heart, they have no way of ridding themselves of the things that all of us struggle with or have struggled with at one time in our lives. If we love one another, then the world will know that we are his disciples. If we love one another. Jesus came and he gave his life, literally gave his life so that mankind could be brought into relationship with God. And you can't say that you love God who you haven't seen and have a heart of distance uh, for his children. Jesus, before he went to the cross, prayed a very important uh, prayer. And and I'm going to talk about that prayer in a second. This was right before uh, he, 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 he went to the cross and laid down his very life so that we could become one. See, see, if you disparage unity, then you have to disparage the cross because Jesus went to the cross so that he can restore us to relationship with God and relationship with one another. But man, before he went, uh, he, he, he had to say uh, what I believe are some of the most important things that had to be said. He prayed one of the most important prayers that, that he could ever pray, I believe. I don't know about you, but if I knew the next day 
or the next three days that I was going to check out of here by any means or some means. Man, they're, they're, I would be thinking about the most important things to me. I would be saying the most important things. And even though I, was no, I know that I'm going to be going to the Father, I'd be praying the most important prayers. I remember, um, I'll, I'll just throw in a, a little short police story. I remember when I was a, a young police officer, and, and I remember uh, getting a, a, a call for service, uh, and it was really a, a setup call, it was a prank call. Uh, and I remember my partner and I riding down the street. I was in the passenger seat and we were heading down a one-way uh, street, just, you know, kind of casually just driving along uh, in the middle of the night, about 2 a.m. And, and we had no idea that it was a setup. And so we we're driving down the street and, and all of a sudden, gunshots are firing out. Not just one gun. You could tell by the shots that were coming from uh, a couple or at least three different times. And, and, and we hunkered down. We, we didn't, we couldn't go forward. There were cars on both sides of the street. And so, so we bowed down low and we waited and we heard and our hearts were afraid, deeply afraid. And, and let me tell you, even now, even now, I still have nightmares about that very incident. If you don't believe me, just, just simply ask my wife. I still at night remember that day when I thought I was at my very last moment, that my very last night was that very night. And I remember hunkering down and thinking, oh God, what in the world is going to happen next? But you know what I did? I realized what at that time was the most important thing to me. I, I wore a bulletproof vest and I don't know if it would have made any difference. But, but it wasn't the vest itself that I reached for. I pulled open the, the shirt, tore the buttons, and reached down inside of a little pocket that we have on the inside. And see, what I pulled out was this small little photo. While I, while I was hunkering down in the seat, trying to lay low behind the en- engine block so that we wouldn't take gunfire, we, we couldn't fire back. We didn't even know who to fire back at. But I, and I pulled out that picture that had my little family there. And I, I was I was 20-something years old, and I thought I was going to die. And the most important thing to me at that time was, what am I going to do about these that I love? What am I going to, to say? What, what, what is, what's the most important thing right now for me was looking at that picture. And I looked at my partner. He didn't have a photo, but he said, man, D, if I, if, if I check out, if I don't make it, I, I want you to tell, tell my family, tell my story. And I, and I said, man, if I don't make it, you, you see this picture, tell my children that I love them dearly. This, this is all I have. We don't know if we're going to have another moment. We don't know if this is it, if we're going to buy the farm tonight. The most important thing we had to say and to bring up was the most important things to us. You wouldn't believe in, in such a split second, all hell broke loose. All fear came to the surface, all wondering if there was going to be a next day came to the surface. Now, you know the end of the story. I'm still here uh, today. Uh, didn't take any, any wounds or anything like that. Th- thank you for that. Amen. Somebody, somebody's happy about that. And, and, and we backed up like crazy maniacs and, and got out of there. But see, Jesus, right before he went to the cross, he prayed a prayer. He, the most important thing to him came to the surface right there. And I want, I want to read it to you this morning. I want to read it to you this morning. This is what Jesus prayed. And, and, and if, you would, if you would do me a solid this morning, I'd like for you if, you, if you don't mind, just to simply close your eyes, if you would. Just, if, if you, you don't have to, but if you would, just, just close your eyes. I want you to think about Jesus and, and the very thing that was most important to him were, were the people that he came and that he was dying for. They were the ones that, that, he, that he was sent by the Father that before the foundations of the world that he loved dearly. The, not those who were just the insiders, but those who were outsiders. And he came along and he, and he prayed this prayer and he said this in John 17. My prayer, he says to the Father, 
It's not for them alone. He was praying to God saying, it's not just for the believers. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. Verse 21, he says this, that all of them may be one. That all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. May they also be one in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. I want us to to take a moment to look at this verse, uh, John 17, uh, if we have it on the screen, John 17, 20 to 23. Uh, There's so much there. I don't know if he has it. I'm just going to read again as as you listen along. My prayer is not for them alone. He's talking about the believers. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message that all of them may be one. See, three different times he prays the same prayer, that we will be one. That we will be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. Do you see the impossibility there? He's, he's, he's looking at himself and, and how he's found in the Father with the Holy Spirit and the whole Trinity. He's saying not just that they would be one, but that they would be one in us just as we are one. The mystery is that somehow that we could possibly be one and a part of the Trinity right there as he's reading, as he's praying to the Father. May they also be in us so that the world may believe so that the world may believe that you sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I and them and you and me, so that we may be brought to complete unity. And then, and then, I love that phrase there. I, I, I just finished a Greek class in, in seminary, and I learned about what, what they call the henna clause, which, which says it, 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 it's possible, but I'm not sure that they will. Then, if they will be one, then, Hannah, the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Jesus is saying, I don't, I don't know, Father, if they'll, if they will. I don't, I don't know if they'll pay the price, but if they will be one, then the world will know. I don't know if they'll get so caught up into, to church stuff that they won't be willing to pay the price. But if they do, then I don't know, Father, if they'll get so caught up in to what the band sounds like and, and to what this service and that service and I don't like this music and that music over there is bad music. I don't know if they'll get caught up into that, but if, if, if they will become one, then the world will know the very thing that Jesus said I came and died for. It's possible if they will become one. And I say that we can be one and I believe that we will be one and continue to be one and demonstrate that love to a lost and dying world that so desperately needs Jesus. What if we took God's command seriously concerning unity instead of trusting our own genius? Man, it's so easy to, to think that, that, that Jesus, one way, his A plan is just simply for us to, to, to demonstrate our love and unity, to, to go into this world, not separate, but to demonstrate. our. What, what if that plan just seems too simple for us? And what we want to do is come up with our own strategies, use our own technology today has come up with so many different ways that we think we can do discipleship and reach the lost and and evangelize. Jesus had one way that we would become one. In closing, I just want to give you uh, just one simple solution um, to this, this near impossibility where not for the sake of Jesus, 
one solution that will make it possible for us to, to continue as we are now in this church uh, that I'm so proud of, that, that we can continue to be one. You ready for the solution? It's real simple. If, if we could just simply stop social distancing. Yeah. If we could just stop social distancing. You see, if I could stop hanging out only with people that look like me, and, and, and my natural, my natural, it's just, it's easier for me to hang around people that look like me, just how I'm wired. It's easy for you to do the same thing. We're not racist because of it. It's just naturally easy for us to hang out with people that look like us. It's easy for me to, to hang around people who have a shared experience that I have. But if I, if I stop social distancing and keeping six feet apart, and walking by and said, hey, God bless you, and going on my way. But if I walk across the room, if I take time to go out to dinner, go to lunch, have a cup of coffee, stand in the lobby for a little bit longer, and talk to someone who doesn't look like me, then perhaps someone may be here as a visitor one day and look and say, man, there's something going on there. As I look at our, our spring outreach and our fall fest and the different things that we do here at College of Christmas Church, you know the beauty of what takes place there? Oh, it's, it's not about the popcorn machine. The Easter egg hunt, man, that's over in about 10 minutes. You think it's about our great strategy and our great planning? Oh, we've organized this so well. The world's been watching us organize churchy stuff for more years than I've been on this earth. And guess what? It's not done any good. But I think they marvel when they look out there and they see me standing next to Kip. And they, and they see us generally laughing and, and, and talking about life together. I, th- I think when they see me and Mindy standing together and talking about where they're going to dance at next, and, 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 and I look at the diversity in their group, I, I think that there's hope for the world when they see that the church has embraced the kind of unity that only Jesus can give. Bow your heads with me as I close in prayer. Uh, gracious God, uh, we, we can't do it. It's impossible. Uh, we don't have the power the strength. We are mere men and women uh, who, in our own strength, we fail. We like things our way. Uh, We like to take the easy route. And we don't always like to pay the price. Uh, But God, if we will find ourselves hid in your son, Jesus Christ, if we allow Jesus to work in us and through us, if we'll take the unity and embrace the diversity that we have here in this great church, and if we, we go out of these four walls and just show the world what love looks like, then I believe that the mission of Jesus, the assignment of God to reach the lost for the sake of the kingdom will be fulfilled. Uh, God, may it be so in our lifetime that we continue to demonstrate the love and the unity that I I get to see every week. May we walk in love. May we tell the truth, but only the truth in love. May we continue to be your followers. In Jesus' name, amen.